1: Welcome back guys, it's Beyond the Void! or
0: Podcast.
1: <laughs> so we're back with a brand new episode. Seems like we're on point lately, we're doing a lot of staff.
0: Not a lot of shizzy.
1: Yeah, we got some, uh, I don't know, amendments to some of the news we met, We uh, did, so there's some of that.
0: Yeah.
1: Got a lot of stuff, but this, oh, we don't even know what this episode's called. Swordplay? No? No. Don't run with swords. Swords and horror. Swords and horror. Why not? Let's go generic with it. uh, It's to the point. So this uh, week we're going to be bringing to you swords and horror. That's the theme of the show. And we're going to be basically talking to you about Asian cinema movies that have an element of horror in them. They're essentially like action horror themed movies that we kind of picked. Now we realize that there is a fuck ton of these movies out there uh, especially in the 80s and 90s so it was kind of interesting to try to pick uh these and it made me want to watch so many more, and I almost feel like we need to do like four weeks in a row of this, <laughs> right? <I laughs> because will say they're the so one,
0: cool, right? Right. I will say the ones you picked though were,
1: were gems, dude. Those are great. I mean, there's not a lot of trivia on some of these, but I think I think you guys are going to be really pleased. So, I think most of them you can find on YouTube, right? Um, yes, but without subtitles, so it's kind of difficult, right? Now, there's ways around it if you need to find it but there's ways around it that you can you know find these movies and or buy them from somebody who's actually has a dvd copy or a vhs I don't know, a vhs copy so i mean i had to do that and i don't see anything wrong with it because i can't buy it anywhere right so do you want this movie to disappear from existence or do you want it to be around i'll take keeping it around so mm-hmm. Uh, Also, guys, just a heads up, we do have a contest still going, so if you're one of the people that listen just for a little bit and then bounce, don't forget, we got a free Blu-ray or a free Amazon gift card for a Blu-ray or whatever the hell you want, really. We'll give you something for free. It could be brand new and or you could buy whatever the hell you want on your Amazon. Doesn't matter. And only over the pants stuff. You don't want the gift card or the (laughs) Blu-ray. Yeah. We ain't going to do favors like that. But but yeah, seriously, it's simple as this, guys. We make up movie titles that we're going to divulge the plot and make up the plot for. And we pull the names out of a hat. And then we talk about that subject every week now. So all you have to do is come up with a movie title that you think is interesting. And you would like to hear us come up with a plot. And we'll even make a fake VHS cover for you for the movie of what we come up with and we'll send you out a blu-ray or an Amazon gift card so I'm taking screenshots of everybody that writes in the comments of any of our social media we got like quite a few here so we only really have about four more people that we need that is done definitely get on that guys why not win some free shit like guys it doesn't have to be good yeah we'll we'll make it good we'll spin it into gold yeah that's what we do we're like a modern day rumpel i was gonna say the same thing <laughs> uh but yeah so
0: what have you been up to patrick oh not much uh we had to take my cat wednesday in this week to get fixed
1: she yeah just
0: came home today uh it's a good thing you don't want them to be in heat forever right apparently my girlfriend's having a hell of time she just called me a little bit ago saying that she's jumping all over shit she just won't calm down which is to be expected. She's not,
1: you know, still a kitten. One of the the easiest ways I would think that would be, you know, to kind of calm her and keep her like calm and everything. If you grab a, a like a pillowcase and you just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, other than that, no. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Other than that, uh, we've been uh, we finalized our our trip to Vegas, where we're going to be staying. The only thing we haven't got yet is a, a car rental, which we're still not sure if we're gonna rent one. That's but if, for
1: your what? You never said, did you? For Vegas, yeah. Yeah, but why are you going there? It's, it's our anniversary. Your first anniversary. Our it's first a big anniversary
0: one. is husband and wife. Yes. Right.
1: Live it up, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, so so you got a. It's a year anniversary. It's kind of a big deal. You know, it's your first one. You got to do right. something fun because you're gonna get old. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean. The next thing you know, you're gonna be playing shuffleboard on a wheelchair. Well, the
0: only thing I want to do when I go to Vegas, and like she hates this, by the way, I want to hit a buffet. Yeah, and she's not a buffet type of person. I am that guy.
1: You went to that one
0: buffet at the oh, Mel. So- oh, yeah. dude, I'm, I plan on going Caesar's back. Palace. Oh, dude, so good.
1: It's fifty bucks unless you're like a card member, like you get discounts as you're a higher card member. But right. you're probably gonna pay fifty bucks because you don't go there that often. No, but yeah, Mel, man, and hopefully they have steaks there this time. Well. I think it was
0: because they were in a transition between Lunch and uh, Yeah. Lunch and dinner that they didn't That's probably why. See, but now I want. I found out that people go there during like the end of lunch and stay for dinner. And because that's what it's I'm cheaper. To, yeah, so that you don't have to pay like the I think it's like sixty or seventy bucks for well, dinner. Well, yeah, but
1: you're gonna miss out on steak again. No, not dinner should have steak. Yeah, but it doesn't maybe it doesn't kick in, like you know, maybe they have to cook it for a while and it not just like I don't, know. I don't know do Why? what you like okay it's 50 bucks it's your fucking money all right you goddamn flapper <laughs> you goddamn flip faps <laughs> but yeah so um but what I've, about you i've not been doing too too much just been busy behind the scenes here i've been trying to update the website which looks great by the way yeah i like it i think it's pretty cool and and you know we'll change one thing and then we'll have to change everything and that'll be a fucking nightmare yeah that's the one cog that fucking breaks down right and ruins everything I've just been watching a lot of different movies. I've been like, so... I think it's because we did that grave plot, the killer fanboy. Right. Ever since we did that, and even before that, I just had this like... I think I was just getting back into like kung fu movies and shit like that, watching Jet Li movies. I don't know, man. Like I feel like there's this whole world of movies that I've missed that are in the 80s even. That I've missed from like Asia, like Asian movies, and I'm just like, dude, why have I not watched these movies? Right. I need to get these in my brain. You've seen Kung Fu Zombie, right? I've seen, yeah, yeah. That was the I think it was a Shaw Brothers movie, but it was like, yeah, they do the they do the vampire thing in it. It's like zombies and vampires. No, there's no vampires in it. Well, they hop around like the zombie vampire type things. Okay, I don't know how to explain it. They like hop up and down. Right. It's kind of ridiculous. I
0: like this the like the priestess stuff, you know, when he's like doing the priest and he's like throwing the fucking incense and the
1: fucking spell papers everywhere. It's, mm. just, it's really fun. Me and you went to uh, the local um, trade in store for movies and shit to go look for stuff. Oh, dude, yeah, great finds. Yeah, I found some pretty cool shit. I got uh, the Crippled Masters. I got the Legend Two Jet Lee. Uh, what else did I get? Oh, I got uh, Violent Shit the remake on Blu Ray. Did you watch it yet? No, I haven't watched it yet because I feel like I got to watch the other ones. And there's by the way guys, if you don't know this already, the entire uh I think there's four films, three or four of the violent shit series. I don't think I ever watched the last one. So Yeah, but, but you
0: got a killer deal on that because it was like what It was 15 bucks. bucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how the fucking remake is, but you got Goblin doing the music for it. So. Yeah, and it sounded pretty dope when you listened to it. The fucking Blu ray came with the goddamn Goblin uh, soundtrack for it. So I was like, fuck yeah, that's worth like 10 bucks right there in itself. So. Or at least seven, eight bucks. But anyway. But yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Like, oh, oh, we got uh, my birthday's coming up. Right. We're going to do our next episode, not this episode, obviously, but the next episode, we got one of our buddies, Mike Saga, who's a DJ. Uh, he sang on like some of my band's music and stuff, and we've been buddies for years now. Right. So he's going to be coming on and doing grave plots. Expect a lot of shenanigans, by the way, guys. I'm going to probably get so shit-faced, it's going to get out of control. It's going to get silly. I I don't know. Maybe I'll keep it under wraps. I don't know. <laughs> Although, you I don't want to, like, over-promise and then under-deliver, but I'm planning to get pretty shit-faced. Yeah, I'm probably going to Uber that day. I'm going to step back
0: just a second, but Alex, while we were at the record store, he actually found me a really good find on vinyl.
1: Oh, yeah, you got that fucking...
0: The From Beyond soundtrack yeah, on dude. vinyl. The oh, Mondo...
1: I think it was Mondo release.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. <clears> but, yeah, 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 it's beautiful, dude. It's, it's fucking hot, great. pink. And then you got that craftwork. Yeah, that craft worked album. That was actually a fucking steal. Most people are selling that for like 25 bucks. I got it for like 12 bucks. 13? Yes, 13 bucks. Yeah, it was 12.99. Uh,
1: so that's it for our intros, I guess. I think uh Is it about that time? Well, we quit drinking. Yeah. Horse shots. They're going to be like, Jesus, fuck. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I shit myself. God damn it. Oh, it's poking its head out. Yeah,
1: they're probably just like, they yelled, I'm turning this shit off. You know, like, trying <laughs> like, to
0: have. It's like you just see someone just spilling their coffee all yeah, over the place. Yeah,
1: just like just jerking their arm <laughs> up, scolding hot water, you know, like, fucking coffee. <laughs> That's yeah, all right. They'll sue McDonald's. Yeah, they'll fucking thanks, Alex. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. Damn flip-flaps. So we decided that we were going to come up with a shot um, that is themed around one of the movies that we watch, which we tend to do sometimes. Uh, We try to keep it around that anyway. So we came up with a shot called Devil Fetus, Mm. which is the name of a movie that we're going to be talking about in our Flesh and Potatoes segment. So essentially what this is, guys, it's a... it's not a boiler maker it's a bomb so anyway it's a double fetus car bomb i guess <laughs> but to give you guys kind of an idea we got a few ingredients here uh we got jack daniels tennessee fire we're going to be putting one part of that Ooh-ey. in got the that fire sh- we're going to be putting one part of that in the shot glass then we're also putting in our most favorite whiskey, which is cinnamon whiskey fireball. And you're going to pour that in there. Uh, first, you're going to actually put cherries. We mashed up some cherries. For the antebirth. Yeah, because it's we wanted it to be the devil fetus, right? So it's going to be... I don't know why we thought aborted, but I guess it's going to be... <laughs> and there go all our Republican listeners. <laughs> oh <laughs> he took it there yeah, whatever so anyway you put mashed up cherries in the bottom of the cup or in the shot right so we're gonna do that right now yeah, it looks really disgusting actually i like it this good little afterburn look i can see its little arm <laughs> <laughs> oh look it's waving at me
0: with this uh, little flapper there little
1: flapper He's got his little flap of waving, he's like, Hello, drink me.
0: <laughs> Is he like fucking Morty from the Simpsons or
1: something? Hey <laughs> he doesn't talk like that. Hey look, there's a little tooth.
0: <laughs> there would not be teeth. No there wouldn't. That's the funny <laughs> part. <would>
1: You gotta make sure while you're pouring these shots that the dog is barking in the background. <laughs> and then when, when you're done pouring the shot, you go over and punch your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing there, neighbor? <laughs> we don't punch neighbors around here, people. Isn't essentially Fireball this gold Slogger? It says here on the ingredients, go fuck yourself. Ah. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds threatening. So, okay, so I'm just going to fill this up. Pretty much you're going to put half cinnamon uh fireball and then half the Tennessee fire whiskey, the Jack Daniels version, of course. We're going to take some tapatillo, hot sauce, salsa picante, Uh, mm. and just going to dash just one little dibbity dab. So about three or four, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> now we also have something that is brought to you from laos uh it's called beer lao or as some of the natives call it beer lao beer (laughs) lao actually i don't know if that's true and we're just idiots so please don't mind us uh but again so we're using jack daniels tennessee so a half a shot of that half a shot of fireball you're gonna one before you put that in there, you're gonna have mashed up cherries at the bottom, just a little bit, just enough for just the, the, the idea. For the afterbirth. You yeah, know. for the devil's fetus. Um and then sprinkle in about two to four drops of tapatillo. So you have that shot prepared, and then in a mug, you're going to pour beer lao. Beer lao. At least enough that you could submerge the glass shot it's gluten-free by the way which is surprising it got a nice taste to it yeah all right hand me my shot sir oh no you're not pouring it in Patrick you're dropping it in you got it ready all right devil fetus engage bombs away You're really not good at slamming shit, huh? I put more beer in. Let me to go get you a little dress. Be loud. <laughs> I'm a pussy, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, just live it up, dude. You know. I think that's pretty decent. What do you think? I like it. It's not too bad. I mean, no. you could definitely taste the fucking cinnamon bullshit that we hate. A little bit spicy. A little spicy. All right, guys. That's it for horse shots. Like, what the
0: fuck is flying around the fucking studio, dude? What is that? I don't know. God, Jesus. Fuck, dude? Christ. Hit it. Fucking hit it. It's the news! Here is the fucking news!
1: holes don't stick your dick in these holes <laughs> these holes three holes don't stick your dick in these holes
0: oh i love mr show
1: all right guys so we have some news for you and if you heard earlier yeah. we got this fucking uh thing about the matrix getting remade and shit we talked about it all last week oh these fucking wise guys yeah the fucking crazy fucker wackadoo <laughs> uh <laughs> All right. So last week we were talking about The Matrix and we were talking about how someone wants to remake it. Well, shortly after everybody blew up, including ourselves, about the situation, Zach Penn, just a few days afterwards, he said, and Zach Penn, by the way, guys, is the guy that's going to be taking over with this project. But he took to Twitter and he wrote about it because he felt like, you know, it needed to be said. He said, all I can say at this point is no one could or should reboot The Matrix. People who know Animatrix and the comics understand can't comment yet, except to say that the words reboot and remake were from an article. Let's stop responding to inaccurate news. Do I want to see more stories set in the Matrix universe? Yes, because it's a brilliant idea that generates great stories. I kind of agree with that. It's nicer. It's like now I'm not I'm not necessarily getting raped, but I'm still getting punched in the face. You still feel that pressure in the lower end. <laughs> yeah. Like it's circling my rim. Ooh. <laughs> this <laughs> news is circling my rim, folks. What do you say now? What
0: was that shit you used to say online? I'll uh, oh, put salt around your butthole and drink yeah. you like a margarita.
1: Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna put salt on the <laughs> rim of your asshole and drink you like a margarita. <laughs> But no, yeah, it it is. It's still kind of for me, it's like I don't know. It's, I'll see it. I'll, 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 if I see the trailer, I'll give it a shot. You know, if it's something that I'm interested in, but
0: you're just kind of like it's one foot hovering over the line, not so far stepped over the line yet, but it's hovering. it, It is
1: much better to know that there is not going to be somebody trying to fill the
0: shoes of Neo. Oh for sure because that's just like like I said earlier it's like George Lucas redoing the Star Wars film and taking out complete you know people's work.
1: And you had mentioned earlier that you thought well maybe they well and if you guys haven't seen the animatrix by the way you need to check it out because there's oh, a short so story good. in it that's actually pretty cool. Are you talk which one? If you've seen the movie I Robot with Will Smith in it, it is pretty much that story before I Robot came out. Oh, you're talking about the first Renaissance. Wait, is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, it's called The First Renaissance.
1: But yeah. essentially, it's the story of how the robot took over and like killed somebody and then turned into this epidemic that robots started killing people and becoming...
0: I think it was like a domestic dispute between this guy and his wife. And the, he tried to stop him from hurting his wife and ended up killing him by accident. Right.
1: Which is very similar in a way... I like robot. robot. Yeah, yeah, it really is kind of like the same story. Pretty much. That's all I want to say about that. I think we should move on. Moving forward. So Brian Polito is actually doing if you're not familiar who Brian Polito is, he's the guy who had basically written Lady Death. He's got a Kickstarter up doing a new project. And I think that you guys should check it out. It's already surpassed its amount of money that it's supposed to get. They've got literally some of the most kick-ass fucking shit for any Lady Death fan out there. And uh, I think you should definitely check it out. I at least want to mention it to you guys. I'll put the Kickstarter link down below so that you guys can jump in on some of this cool shit. If you guys are fans of Brian Polito or Lady Death... Definitely check it out. Netflix did this. You watched the new one? I didn't get the finish it yet. Zero, but there. I just watched that recently, and I thought it was really cool. I liked it. I hated the whole preachy, like, "I do this because we're good, and we do things because we're good." It was just way too shove it down my throat. Right. Um, but other than that, the gore and the like fighting, fucking awesome. Really well done. Very beautiful, like, it's very, it pops. And there's a lot of creatures and shit in this that I just thought was weird and odd, and I really liked it. It would be a 10 if it wasn't for the dumb shit that they were saying towards the end of the movie and the whole moral that they were trying to shut down. Right. But Netflix is kind of on a roll lately, guys. I mean, there is a lot of shit that Netflix is doing. Oh, they're is dabbling doing. in something else with anime, right? Right. Netflix is producing one of its most ambitious anime projects yet after expressing interest to grow out its division which is inevitable i would think right but fans of you who have actually known who this is and you may be older but devil man created by kiyoshi nagai better known as go nagai initially ran as a manga between 1972 and 73 And then it was also adapted into a television anime series in 72. The manga, which follows a teenage boy named Akira Fuda, was praised by manga and anime lovers for its unapologetically violent story about demons. But it became a target for PTA groups in Japan as a result of it. Because it was very violent. Yeah. And they made some movies, some anime, uh, years later. About it, which was pretty fucking cool, too. It was violent as shit, too. Really? This anime got really big. They had a game, actually, on the Famicom in 1989. In 2000, Bandai released a separate game for Windows PC and PlayStation called Devilman. But Netflix just announced yesterday it was adapting Devilman, changing the name slightly to Devilman Crybaby, And to fans, pleasant surprise, confirmed iconic Japanese anime writer and director Masaki Yusa, Mind Game, he did uh, Adventure Time, will be helming the project. So the streaming service released the first trailer for the movie, and people noted that they were happy to see Yusa was planning on sticking to the original tone of the manga. So something about Netflix that I've realized is that they actually pay attention to fans. Yeah, like, It really seems do. like they, they, and I mean, they're not perfect. Okay. Like, well, you got to remember too, they're one of the first streaming sites to do this. Yeah, the, but that doesn't mean anything. Anybody could be first, but handling it like they do well, and actually attaching themselves to different types of genres and actually being understanding and knowledgeable about it. In every genre, because typically most people will find a couple of genres that they like and they'll stick to it. They don't know anything else about it. But it seems like Netflix, either they hire all the right people who actually pay attention to this. They're like, I want you to be drama. I want you to be sci-fi. And I want you like they actually do their fucking research. They obviously have kind of a propensity towards sci-fi a little bit more of the 80s aesthetic sci-fi. But they're also doing, like, this anime thing, which I think is pretty cool. Like, I may not be a huge anime fan, but I have some old blood favorites. Right. What were you going
0: to say? What I was saying is, like, since they were the first in the game, they've probably been watching what people were watching. Right. And they kind of get a sense of what people like and what they don't like.
1: Right. No, but that's what I'm saying. So they're just... They're very knowledgeable. They're very... they, uh, They take the time. Since they were the first, I just think they're ahead of the curve than everybody else and it's weird because it's like i'm praising a company who's essentially paying pennies to the dollar for other people's work
0: yeah in a way but it's a great medium i mean when you think about it some of these shows that they come on to netflix you would never see the light of day anywhere
1: else the whole pool for them to get people on their service is to have them use their digital media right which is a cool thing in a way, as long as it stays around forever. Except for collectors like you and me. Right. Who like to like, have physical copies. I don't know, guys. Like, I want to ask you guys out there right now. Do you like physical format or digital format? And I just want to kind of get an idea. And maybe I'll put up a poll, too. But just do that in the comment section for now. I would really like to know. Um, to bring up a few other things that are coming out on Netflix, since we're on the kick of that. They just released a trailer today, which is Wednesday, trailer for Death Note, which is another manga slash anime series slash movies that they've made for this. I think they made like two Death Note movies, two or three. Two, but I hear it's really good. So the trailer is kind of like an Americanized version of Death Note. Uh, It's going to be directed by Adam Wingard, and guess who's going to be Ryuk? It's going to be Willem Dafoe.
0: Willem Dafoe.
1: Which, you hear his voice at the very end. You see his glowing red eyes in the background, and you said, are you ready to start now? With his weird gangly teeth. <laughs> but that's coming out. Another thing, Mystery Science Theater 3000 Season 11 is coming back out. If you guys don't remember, not too long ago, they were doing a Kickstarter or some sort of Indiegogo, I can't remember which one it was, to raise money to do a new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000, and it blew through, like, I think it like raised over $8 million. I believe it. So everybody is very nostalgic to that. I owe a lot of my candid like jokes on the fly to that show. Right. Even though that shit was scripted and written you know weeks what? in advance, I fucking thought that they were doing it live when I was a kid, and so I would watch movies and make jokes as I was going, and that's where I got my sense of humor from a right. lot of ways you know what i mean so seeing Pat oswald doing something now
0: it it just it it fills my heart with joy because yeah, i kinda... knew he i knew he was in a dark
1: place and
0: who else is a part of it i think it's uh felicia, felicia day. day
1: is the the main scientist he's the sidekick Pat oswald is right and if um, you don't know
0: who felicia day is she's a part of a, a web series called um the guild yeah, well, that's where she I'm got pretty start.
1: sure most people know who she is. If you don't look her up, you'll probably go, oh, yeah, I've seen her in some shit. Right. Anyway, she's kind of like the internet geek queen, pretty much. Right. Uh, she's in everything. But April 14th, guys, the show's coming out. Uh, also, Death Note, by the way, is coming out, I believe, in August or October. So we got a little bit of time for that one. This one's coming out on the 14th. So this is like right around the corner.
0: I think Stranger Things comes out October.
1: Halloween, I think. Right. Another thing that's uh popped up if you guys haven't been paying attention, there's like a new uh film that's been talked about. It's like it's an upcoming World War Two movie, Overlord, next installment of JJ Abrams. A lot of people are saying that it's going to be Cloverfield four. Or- Interesting. Cloververse is what they're calling it, but which is
0: weird because I don't even know what the third Cloverfield movie was. I know well, it's Clover- called the
1: God Particle. That's what they're they're calling it, the upcoming project. It hasn't been released yet. Okay, so it's not okay. Yeah, that's a, I thought the same thing when I read the article. But there is a God Particle movie, which is considered to be the Cloverfield three. Collider is speculating that Overlord, a World War II film starring Yovan Adepo. And Wyatt Russell may very well be the fourth Cloverfield-related project. It's going to be directed by Julius Avery, who did Son of a Gun, and written by Billy Ray, who did The Hunger Games, and a bunch of other people. But Overlord follows some American paratroopers dropped behind German lines the day before D-Day. As a small group approach a Nazi-occupied French town, they realize something mysterious is going on. And this all sounds, of course, very Cloververse, as they say. A pretty standard film set up with an extraterrestrial and surprising twist to finish it. You know, 10 Cloverfield Lane producer Lindsay Weber will once again act as producer alongside Abrams. They say it's all but guaranteed at this point. Hmm. To give you guys an idea, Cloverfield 3, or what they're calling the God Particle, was pushed back last year, and it'll be out in cinemas and theaters on the 27th of October. So there's a big, lot of shit going on in October. Right. But yeah, so guys, what do you think? Do you think that that this is going to be Cloverfield 4? Does it sound like it? What do you think? Let us know in the comments. It has been announced that Tim Curry is going to appear in the Stephen King It miniseries documentary that they're going to be using to promote the new It. Didn't he just recently have a stroke and he's been in a wheelchair? It says, Ever since the announcement of a new cinematic version of Stephen King's It, fans have been split and extremely argumentative over a new telling of the classic horror tale. Obviously. Now they're going to be doing a documentary that will tell us all about the original movie, or the miniseries if you want to call it, but Tim Curry has suffered some health issues over the past few years, and he is now set to appear in this new documentary about the making of the televised It, which is being made by UK's Dead Mouse Productions. So it'll be a full-length documentary that chronicles the inner workings of the transposing Stephen King's book to the small screen, and there's no other details about it, but it's nice to know that he's going to be a part of that. But what was your favorite Tim Curry role? It or legend. Yeah, I was, was going to say legend. One last bit of news that we want to talk about is Shout Factory acquires Untitled Horror Project for a genre label Scream Factory. Shout Factory has acquired worldwide rights to an Untitled Shulman Horror Project. Writer-director Kevin Shulman, new feature film, about a well-known reporter who is held captive by a terrorist who are threatening to behead her. However, they have no idea what terror awaits them from her. So she's probably going to turn into a monster and fuck them up. That's what I'm picturing. Kind of like that uh, VHS movie. There's a couple other things. Yeah, but kind of like that. I guess you're right. The film, which is shooting in and around L.A., is being produced from a script that Shulman wrote with his brother Nathaniel. Shout Factory picked it up. For its horror genre entertainment imprint. So looks like Shout Factory and Scream Factory is stepping into the you know production thing. They did do Fender Bender. I hope that is a good thing for them. Obviously pretty successful right now.
0: If I remember that dude's catchphrase, I would have said it
1: right there. Oh, BAM bam, snap. Bam snap. (laughs) (laughs) But that's it for the news, guys. And now we're going to go ahead and, you know, it's been a little while since we've done the new releases, but we will get you up to date soon on that. Just know that the Phantasm Blu-ray collection is coming up. But just know that we'll, we'll get you up to date on that stuff soon. But now we're going to dip into one of our most popular segments, which is Grave Plots. And if you're not sure what this is, we'll just hang on after this little ditty. And we'll tell you all about it. Now it's time for Grave Blots. This week on Grave Blots, we don't know what it's going to be. It's my turn. Shake it up. It could be take a shot, for all I fucking know. I hope
0: it is, dude. I hope we get two. I hope we get more. (laughs) No, I don't
1: think I'm as unlucky as you are. Okay, just to give you guys a breakdown here, first of all, Grave Plots is a segment where we do a creative exercise where we come up with movies. Now, what we do before this is we make up names of movies that we we think are pretty cool names, just things that pop into our mind off the top of our heads. We drop them in a hat. We pull the title out of the hat. Whoever came up with that name has to stay silent while the other person comes up with the plot. And then we debate on what we want the plot to be. We come up with the characters, the kill scenes, the story, the tagline, and everything. So, without further ado, so, let's see what we got here. I think this is one of mine. Ah, fuck. What is it? Take a shot, bitch. Do it!
0: Fuck yes!
1: I <laughs> get so excited, you cunt. Oh, I'm very <laughs> excited. I'm like fucking ecstatic. Except I'm gonna actually do a real shot here. <laughs> I'm doing the Tennessee Fire. Do it. Ugh. Do it. Okay. Yeah, it tastes like fireball. Yeah, I imagine. All right, let me shake this up. All right, that's the magic. Here we go. Got one. This week's grave plot take is... Take a shot. Take a shot. All right. Let's see what we got here. Take a shot. Take a shot. Take a shot. Is, I think it is. Because it's... Yeah, it is. God damn it. Uh, take a shot. Cunt. There you go. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking Jesus, man. Thank you, karma gods. Oh, well, like I made you take those shots. You fucking made me. That sucks, dude. All right, I'm pouring some fucking Jack Daniels. All right, it was your fucking clever idea. I'll see you later, and the great and <laughs> the great words of Derek. I'll see you later. You fucking bitch. Take a shot. Take a
0: shot. Take another one. If
1: I have to take another shot, this show's gonna go bad. The canvas.
0: The canvas.
1: The canvas sounds like to me, this is one of yours, by the way, so yeah. that's why I'm jumping to this guys. But I think when I think of the canvas, I think of like what if this like crazy fuck steals people's skin and then paints on it. I like it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe like in some way because he paints on it. He's, like, paying, like, some sort of uh, penance to the demon, some sort of demon or something like that.
0: Yeah, and maybe he's, like, you know, he has this huge canvas, and he's trying to fill the space, you know what I mean? And he needs so many, so much skin that it's, like, you know, numerous victims.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, like, no, like, he, his ultimate thing is, is he just got to kill a certain amount of people because there's only so much skin that he can do and he has to dry it out leather it out and then stretch it stitch it and put it on wood you know so they can make a frame out of it and then he like paints this like fucked up thing that like summons some sort of fucking demon or something or like. maybe it's a portal itself right right so maybe he's like an artist what if, what if it's like, um, although I have seen a movie called, that I can't remember the name of it actually, but there was this one where this artist was just tr- struggling artist, and then he comes up across this studio that he rents, and there's a hole in the wall that talks to him. It's called, yeah, him. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, I just watched Deep that. Deep Dark
1: or something like that?
0: Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but Adam Barbie recommended that to me. Yeah,
1: it's really weird. It is weird, but. Doesn't it, he like fuck the hole in yeah, the wall? Yeah, he sticks his dick in there,
0: dude. Yeah.
1: and the, would, uh, I would not. Well, I was in love with him, and she was in love with it. But anyway, I want to try to steer a little bit away from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, let's go But maybe on. we can borrow something from it. Uh, I think it was called The Deep Dark, by the way. Yeah, I think you might be right. So anyway, he's like an artist of some sort. Or maybe he's not an artist, and he has to get certain types of skin or a certain sort of way so that he can summon this demon to make his art career like boom or something like that. Does that sound interesting? Or
0: Yeah, but how does he... How does he connect that? Like, how does he find
1: out about doing this? Well, does he start? Well, the, the real question is, does he know about this right away or does he not? Do we just get thrown into this world where this guy's just a crazy fuck and the story is told through somebody else? Or do we tell the story through him?
0: I mean, it, it could be cool. It'd be an easier way to tell the story if it was somebody who was maybe on the hunt for this guy, trying to stop him.
1: And you kind of learn the story as the movie progresses. Maybe this crazy fuck, it starts off and it's about this guy, crazy fuck, who's trying to build this canvas to paint with human blood. And he's got to get from like 123 virgins or some shit, right? But he never gets to finish it because he gets caught and he gets into some sort of gun battle or something with the police or something somewhere else outside of his place like they have no idea where he lives or the secret place that he goes to right but they catch him trying to kill somebody and they kill him so they don't really know what's going on kind of thing right why
0: he was committing these murders right. in the first place
1: like they just know and they look into it they can't find this secret place that he found maybe it was some guy that he was friends with for a long time and nobody knew about and he took over his house and he doesn't know about it. And it's just like secret place. could be a cabin in the fucking woods for right. all I know.
0: And maybe something calls to him.
1: Right. Like, like maybe his friend was into the occult or something like that. And this is something that's like passed on, but the canvas is like calling to him somehow. It like it gets stronger by the more, more skin that he gets. So this is what I was thinking. So after that guy gets killed by the cops, somehow this guy stumbles upon his secret place and he starts having visions and starts having some sort of, like, drawl to it. Like, he's an artist of some sort. And it could be also, like, something
0: like maybe an object that's, you know, possessed. Like, maybe it, it his paint or his, his a bristle or whatever, a brush or something that's possessed it. I feel like the canvas itself... The name of the movie is The Canvas. Right, so maybe it's The Canvas
1: itself. Yeah, okay, yeah. See what I'm saying? Like, Because it's like getting power from all these virgins Mm -hmm. that he skins these people to make a canvas. But it's like this gigantic canvas that needs to be completed by x amount of fucking virgins right with x amount of virgins blood he keeps vats of this shit whatever it is and he has to paint this painting he started this canvas but it never got finished and this other guy just stumbles upon this place or something maybe it's a detective
0: yeah i was going i was just about to say that maybe it's more kind
1: of like a um, seven what if he's like an artist himself Right. And he wasn't really a good artist, but his wife was a good artist, and she passed away. And so he tried to take up being a painter because of her. And so he is like on the the hunt for like clues about this guy and why he's doing it and he stumbles upon this address that takes him to this place and he finds this thing and he like passes out or something like that in this place and has dreams about his wife or something like that. Maybe he's being guided by his wife. Or so he this. thinks. Or yeah, something. exactly. But it's really the demon. Right. The that, that, that is behind this canvas, like trying to paint him as a doorway into this world. Yeah. I like it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, it no, kind of really be interesting do. like that, but we could do it really violent. Like it'd be like a better version of the ninth gate. Right. Right. And 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 it, well, yeah, I don't want to compare it to Ninth Gate though, but I kinda of think it'd be kinda of interesting that like maybe he's put into situations where he's on other cases and he starts skinning people secretly and they don't show that it's necessarily him right away or maybe it is and he's there's this cat and mouse game with his own yeah, yeah, I like almost that. like a dexter type thing totally. situation and
0: maybe he starts doing things without his without him actually knowing that he's doing it this little things that maybe he's opening a letter a certain way or certain things that
1: relate to him skidding people without him even knowing that he's being led down this path and it's got to be his wife like the demon somehow the the canvas has powers because it already has a lot of like skin right and it's but it's this really gigantic painting like this gigantic canvas you know but we got to have a certain amount of bodies like how many how many how much how many bodies how many how many virgins what's a good like cryptic kind of number like 13 I don't know. It just is virgin. So typically it's going to be younger people anyway. Right. So it doesn't really matter, right? As long as they're... Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a kid as long as they're untainted. I think um, the guy that was the painter who gets killed who was starting this painting before you find out why the officer or the detective is like interested in this situation... His name should be, like, LeBlanc. Like, some cool fucking, like, French name or some shit like that. Right. He moved here from, like, France or some shit or whatever the fuck. And he's trying to do the research. And does that make sense? Like, he's trying to find this guy. He stumbles upon clues and that guy's friends and, like, somehow figures out that this is where the house is. Somewhere early on in the movie, I would think, right? Oh, yeah. And so he's struggling with trying to report it. Maybe he stumbles
0: across, like, he finds a place finally after doing all this, you know, running around
1: and shit. And maybe he finds, like, a journal or something starts reading it. I think he starts having visions of his ex-wife who died. Or not his ex-wife, but his ex- his, he's widowed. Right.
0: And maybe he's not a part of the force anymore, but there's something about this case that he just has to finish. And so he's staying at the cabin or whatever this place is. Right. To figure it out. And as he's staying here, it slowly starts to consume him. And, and
1: like while he's going to work, they're like, the case has gone cold, we can't figure it out. Well, like, here's what I'm
0: thinking. I'm thinking he's not even on the force anymore. It's just a case that he's just passionate about. And he's no longer affiliated with any kind of
1: uh Well, maybe he gets in well, maybe we could develop that though. Maybe like There's a reason why I get kicked off the fucking force. Right. I think it's like cool that he's a part of the force as sort of like the cat and mouse part of like... Maybe he's like a consultant. I think he really needs to be a detective. Okay. Because the thing is, is that he's like right next to what could get him in trouble while dealing with the morality of whether or not he should be killing people. But somehow he's been obsessed, and he's trying to hide this not only from other people, but from himself. And, like, the guilt is, like, killing him. And that's, like, very interesting that way. Right. In my opinion. No, no, no. I see where you're going with it. If he's just a consultant, then there's no real, like, cat and mouse sort of thing. And when I say cat and mouse, I mean, like, there's no tension between him showing up at his work and being a murderer. I think they should be working together to find this, and he slips away because he finds this piece of evidence, but his partner starts to catch on sort of thing. Right, it's like... Hey, I came over your house,
0: and where were
1: you? Yeah, he, and then, like, there's some time where he has blood on his hands, and he doesn't, you know what I mean? He's starting to lose connection with the reality a little bit. Right, like, he doesn't have recollection of I mean, if out. you want to change it, I mean, I'm not going to stop No, you. no, it, it, we got good momentum here, and I like the way it's going. Very tense that way. Right. Because then he's never safe. Like, if he's just some recluse guy that does anything nobody gives a fuck about, then there's nobody ever watching over his shoulder. But if he has a partner and he works at the police station, there's a lot of that going on. And maybe there could be... He's got to hide it all the time. Right. And
0: maybe there could be something inside the house, maybe, like, jars that were empty that all of a sudden are are full, but you don't necessarily notice it at the beginning. As it progresses, you kind of notice things start to accumulate in this house.
1: What if there's like older blood and newer blood? Right. And the older blood is like a dark, putrid black. That's exactly Wh- what I was thinking. Well, about. like in the, the while the new stuff is like red and stuff. So it's almost like a reddish, black, and brown painting, and like maggots start forming on it at some point or something like that. And maybe the canvas starts talking to him over a period of time. He starts hearing a voice. He has dreams, he sees his wife, then all of a sudden the canvas starts talking to him as it's his wife or right. something like that. Are and then can... it's like she's like reaching out for help for her and he's trying to help her to bring her back to life because this demon is telling him that if he does this, then he'll give him his wife right. back. When I think about that, like I automatically
0: goes at Freddy Cougar, remember I can't remember which Freddy Cougar it was, remember his face? came out of the wall, oh yeah, above the bed, yeah, something like that where like a face would come
1: out of the canvas and like talk to him, yeah, I would like to see like a horned face of some sort like right. like a full figure, but just like enough to say like there's something dark under there right, I mean what do
0: you think no, I like it no I, I definitely everything we sorry it just
1: like just like sometimes when it clicks with me like I just barrel
0: right like what I'm seeing right now is. I wouldn't say exactly like Seven, but like that kind of storytelling, that detective story where it's like peeling layers
1: by layers and by layers. What if it's like even the demon is like, doesn't really exactly tell him that it's virgin's blood right off the bat. So he starts killing off like these hookers and like these criminals and things like that. And then the demon just takes it anyway because it's like, you know, it's hell. So right. they're, like, exacting the hell revenge on the people that were bad because that's what they do. But in the same respect, they need, like, virgin blood. So he's, like, the the thing is laughing at me. He's, like, I gave you what you wanted. And I, want, I gave you everything that you needed. and I'm a fucking horrible fucking person. Maybe he starts getting addicted to fucking drugs and shit. Right,
0: like maybe, like, heroin or something. Something.
1: Like, it doesn't have to be heroin. But maybe he needs to smoke, like, fucking meth just so he can stay up at night Mm. because he's living two different lives. Right. And his partner's starting to know, like, a change in his personality. Stuff is starting to act fucking weird. His partner starts investigating him on the side just because that's his natural sleuthiness. Right. So we have the name of the artist, LeBlanc, David LeBlanc, whatever. That's the name of the guy that gets killed who was originally creating this thing. You find out more about David LeBlanc... Who is the cop, and what is his partner's name? Maybe it should be, like, Satan Backwards or something. No, that's too <laughs> cheese dick, dude. No way. No. There was a skater back in the day called Natas DeCopus. It doesn't have to be, like, this could just be some, like, wandering soul that just, you know, is easily taken advantage of because of his pain. I think his partner's name should be named Kane. Okay. Okay, so what's the main guy's name? Michael? Michael... Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Michael Devereaux. There we go. It sounds like an artist. Michael Devereaux and Kane. He's not an artist, technically. His wife was. Right. He's just an amateur artist that somehow finds his wife through this canvas. Right. Somehow he's having dreams about her, making love to her, something in his dreams. And then she actually walks out into the shadows and is talking to him. When he runs over, she like disappears. Because the canvas is not strong enough to make her come about. But really, the canvas is just trying to take form of itself. Yeah, I can already see
0: a scene where he's, like, standing in front of the canvas and maybe... Like I was saying, like, that Freddy Cougar effect where she kind of, like, pops out and, like, reaches towards him. And all of a sudden, maybe it goes to, like, some weird fucking crazy, like, love scene where, like, all of a sudden he's on a bed with her.
1: Maybe he has a dream about making love to the canvas. Right. You know what what I mean? Kind of going with that. Like maybe it's his wife at first, and then the next thing you know, he's like fucking the canvas. (laughs) 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 I'm just saying. Like I mean, this is flesh, so it could be dark and fucked up like that. You know what I mean? So he wakes up fucking the canvas. So what would that look like? (laughs) Pretty fucked up, I guess. Pretty
0: fucked up for sure. But Uh,
1: I don't know if he's like dreaming about his wife making love to her. This is what I picture. So he's, like, making love to his wife on the bed that he sleeps in, right? At right. this At this cabin, or we haven't even figured out exactly where this is yet. Right. Could be a warehouse somewhere in the middle of the city. So he's, like, on the bed. It's, like, this dirty, fucked-up bed. Maybe he cleans up the place at some point, too, by the way. But maybe at this point, it's just, like, a dirty bed. He's having dreams about his wife, and they're fucking on the bed, Right. And it's like this magical moment for him, and then he's as he's like making love to her. She starts to turn into the canvas, and it's just that imprint through the canvas. Yeah, like and then his body
0: like, just starts to like roll out.
1: Yeah, and the next thing you know, you see him floating next to the canvas, having sex with the canvas in a way. And then he wakes up, and, and then so he's much... not sure like he's had a dream or not kind of thing
0: maybe not so much like actually violating the canvas but maybe like caressing it and holding it and like you know kind of like cuddling it in a way like like taking it to dinner no i'm just saying or you don't have to like be taking so it on a walk with it you know taking I mean? it on a walk to the park i don't know how you're gonna show somebody fucking a canvas and maybe it.
1: buying it chocolates you're going way too far <laughs> i'm sorry dude but yeah i don't see why why can't it be fucked up like why can't it be that bad like we can do whatever the hell we want in our movies like i think it would be fucking great the way i
0: see the scene i mean you may see it differently but i see it like maybe all
1: right so he buys the canvas box of chocolates yeah sure
0: (laughs) no i'm just saying i just see why does it
1: offend you now i'm like curious why it offends you I, i mean he could be fucking it at I think it put but here's what I'm thinking, Patrick. He was making love to the canvas. Right. And all I'm saying is is that wouldn't it be fucked up as while he's making love to his wife, all of a sudden he's on top of the canvas, sideways, upright in front of the canvas, and then he snaps out of it.
0: Well, I, I automatically go like full frontal, like his dicks and the fucking painting and like you no, know No, you don't have
1: to do that. Just it's just very passionate. Right. Like, I mean, we're not trying to make a porno here. Like, well,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, more of,
1: like, a caress, loving embrace kind of a thing. And How fucked up would it be that you're making love to someone you care more than anything in this world that passed away, and the next thing you know, you're on top of a canvas, and you don't realize it, and slowly reality blurs away? Right. That's dark. That's scary. That's fucked up. That shows that, like, there's this weird connection with the demon, and that's exactly what a demon would do it's right. It's essentially making love with your weakness,
0: right. No, I see what you're saying.
1: I don't know. It just like it doesn't have to be like full on porno. Like fucking a fucking canvas. I don't know why my mind went there, but yeah, I'm I, like, I just, I I'm just like, assumed. I'm like, yeah, that's not me. Dude, that's uh, that's somebody else. <laughs> like I'm talking about, like just like it shows the shoulders. It just insinuates, right, that he's having sex.
0: I can I can see the scene now where it's like you can see the passionate lovemaking. Right, and maybe you see her slowly develop into the
1: canvas right like it slowly just like blends in somehow right now we need to kind of come up with like another character and like other characters like who does he kill like who's his first victim like i think i think he should be like out on a beat or something like that or and he sees some 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 sort of hooker talking to some perps right something you know and then like some dirt bag gets away or some hooker, he's just like, yeah, let me take you back to my cabin. It's just up the road or whatever the fuck. Well, I'm thinking maybe... Is it in a warehouse maybe? Because it's easier to get people
0: that way? It could be any... The location to me is just... It doesn't matter.
1: Okay. But, um... Well, let's just say it's in the city. Okay. In like some dilapidated area that nobody really goes.
0: Okay. So what I'm thinking though, as far as him killing people maybe we don't divulge that he actually knows that he's killing people or even see that he's killing people to the very end. Let's not divulge any of that. And so will this mainly play off the painting is fucking with him the whole time? Right. And then slowly it, things start to fall together. Like, and he's getting more erratic. Right. Like there's small clues here and there like, but why, we, but why then, is this in my pocket? But
1: we can't do that because then there's no deaths. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, like
0: Well ideally it's if I, I was in this movie, it wouldn't be it would be like that.
1: Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean we can, but that just seems kinda like
0: Well, for what we're doing right now it doesn't fit.
1: Yeah, I feel like the listeners want to hear kills. Yeah. Oh like, for sure. So let's just say that like maybe he doesn't realize it but you see him kill people. Okay. And somehow he's like expressing that he feels like he really didn't do anything or something. Whatever. Right. So, who does he kill first? Well, like
0: that, maybe he's on the beat and he sees a hooker or a woman or whatever she is. Maybe it's a pimp beating the shit out of a hooker. Right, and they get into a scuffle, ends up killing the the pimp and driving her back. And then
1: what? Why would he just kill the pimp and leave her? Leave him. That's right. He's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> That's so not, what, it, what happens? It's not then? very cop-like. No. Right. Not that killing people is, but I'm just... Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, maybe it's more like he chases the pimp to his warehouse. He's somehow chasing after the pimp because he's beating up the hooker, and he chases him down an alleyway, and then the pimp actually breaks into the warehouse where he's at, where the painting is, where the canvas is.
0: Okay. So, like, maybe he's going back to this warehouse to work on his the case right and and then then he he sees the pimp and somehow the pimp ends up going to the same fucking place sure why not fuck it right
1: but we just need to kill so what's he do so like the maybe the pimp's got the jump on him and he's about to kill him and then the you hear the like painting breathing and like whispering and shit like that not the painting the canvas right and so maybe the pimp like kind of it's like taken off A little bit off kilter and like, what the fuck is this? Maybe, oh, maybe he like wrestles him on the ground in front of the canvas somehow. Okay. And then the canvas starts to move and then the pimp gets distracted and then the cop guy kills him. What was his name again? Michael Devereaux. Michael. Michael Devereaux. Okay. Right. And then the Canes is parter. So anyway, yeah, they, like, wrestle. They, like, fighting. He's chasing him up the stairs, whatever, into the loft. And all of a sudden, they, like, have this wrestling match, you know, where they're, like, he's... The pimp's got a knife, and he's going to kill the cop. He's got the jump on him, and then, like, the painting comes alive, or the the canvas kind of moves. And the pimp gets distracted, so the cop beats him on the head, and as he's, like, writhing around... Yeah, maybe he,
0: like, slams him... Like, the cop slams him against the painting, and maybe some hands come
1: out and, like, grab the dude's face and then he guts him right right in front of the painting
0: right but is a, is a is a painting going to be participating
1: it could well maybe it's something maybe he just kills it and then he like somehow passes out or something or like he's maybe he's lost blood or something or i don't know like
0: maybe the yeah maybe the And pimp- then the
1: body's gone all of a sudden right maybe
0: the pimp like stabs him in the scuffle
1: Yeah, like, how elaborate do we want to get? Like, how, because, like, if we jump off to the point where he's, like, just throwing bodies into the painting or the the canvas. Well, maybe we don't see it, but, like, the audience point of view, they'll show you, like,
0: the, the behind the pimp and, like, hands holding on to his clothing so he can't go after him and so he just comes back at him with the knife and then he 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 just passes
1: out afterwards from the loss of blood or maybe yeah he's just like anxiety all this like crazy shit's happened and he just passes out and then yeah. and then he like wakes up and he's like ready to like call in on the fucking thing or whatever but it's like hours later he's got blood all over him and there's no body so he's like fuck what do i do right cuz like i kind of like the idea that it's like it's putting him in the position where he has no proof, and he could be considered a murderer if he says this, so he just kind of like brushes it off, like it was like it was nothing. Like oh, that was not been necessarily my like that it was nothing, but just like he's in a situation where he doesn't know how to fucking deal with it. Like what's he gonna do? It's like either tell them uh, some crazy story about this pimp or whatever, but well, he can't find the body, and there is blood all over him, and he doesn't know what to do. So he just like. He's kind of losing it a little bit. So, okay, so maybe, like, okay, so he got stabbed by the pimp before this pimp. He's bleeding, so he calls his partner Kane. Well, maybe he just passes out. It doesn't even need to be stabbed. Maybe he just passes out because it possesses him. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying that then you
0: could bring Kane in, and Kane just kind of, like, sees this place and is like... I don't
1: think he should see this place yet. Okay. All right. I think that's when his wife gets taken there, and he stumbles upon it from some other... Right. We don't want to just jump right into the ending. Yeah, you want to just segue into it. We got to, like, blend it in a little bit. Right. Like, if we just, if his partner knows the jig is up, and there's some fucking flesh painting on the wall, the the story's over. Right. Unless he kills him, like, immediately. No. No, this has to be a long, slow burn. A little bit, yeah. I mean, like, we just need to have a couple of milestones Right. as we get to that point.
0: So, Pimp's gone. He wakes up. What does he do after that?
1: He passes out. The pimp's gone. He's got blood all over him. Doesn't know what to do, so he just kind of like takes a shower in this place, right? And then just and then goes then maybe about burns his day, his, like
0: clothes in like a barrel or maybe, something. yeah.
1: And then goes goes about his day. Yeah, maybe like the pimp's uh, hooker, who he was beating, still honors him in some way because she's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe sees him and Because like, the pimp was taking care of her, even though he was beating the shit out of her. Right. Some fucked up, you know, stereotypical dumb shit about pimps and hookers. <laughs> um, but anyway, so then maybe the, the hooker starts to want to rat him out. And then he has to take her because he doesn't want to get into trouble for something that he doesn't know how to explain. Right. Does that make sense? No, it does. So now we're like racking up the bodies a little bit. So how does the hooker get it? Maybe he's like walking down the street to cover his tracks. Okay. And then she sees him and is like, "Yo, where I saw you chasing after fucking did, you know, is he locked up or is he like, you well, know, what maybe I mean?
0: he sees her and as she's like yelling at him like, "Wait, where's fucking" And he tries to hide, so he runs and he goes back into where the paintings at, this warehouse or whatever, and she's pounding
1: on the door and then maybe it just opens and she walks in. She chases after him and then they get into some sort of scuffle or he hits her with the car trying to get away. Okay. No, no, no. I can see that happen. Or maybe, like, she
0: injures herself through no fault of his, but, like, as she's chasing him, maybe hurts herself. And Oh, yeah,
1: like, hits her head on a trash can or some dumb shit. Right. And now he's like, well, what do I do? Right. And then, like, maybe he's having visions of his wife talking to him again, you know. And these are people that are not virgins, Remember? Right. So he's already basically... The one guy, the pimp's gone. Now the hooker, somehow he has to... Maybe he goes to help her and drags her into the warehouse to help her. But she's already dead. And that's when the painting sort of allows... lets him know that it needs the blood or something. Right. Somehow it speaks to him or something. Well, maybe from whatever womb
0: she has, from whatever part of her body, like, it's so... Big that it's actually bleeding out, and maybe the blood kind of like is like a magnet to the canvas, like it's being drawn. Sure, and so he kind of notices it, and then he looks
1: at the canvas. And then it, what happens? What if she's melding into it somehow? Like maybe the blood is actually dragging her body. Maybe the paintings come to life, sort of, and is dragging it in, and he notices it, right? I mean, that's cool. What I wanted to do is just to make sure he gets a few like sinners like non-virgins, and then the painting demands more. And now he needs, like, innocent people. The, the painting, or I keep so, saying the painting, the canvas wants, because it needs virgin's blood. Remember? That's how it came to life partially, So what, and it needs a certain amount. So he needs to kill, like, 13 more. I don't know, like, whatever. So maybe this is what happens. Maybe she's still alive.
0: Bring bringing her to the warehouse, sets her on a couch or something, and he goes to get, like, some kind of wraps to wrap her wound in. That scene will happen where the blood is, like, dragging her towards the painting. And then you see this fucked-up scene where, like, her skin's being ripped off and melding onto the canvas. And kind of, like, when he comes back, there's nothing but a puddle of blood by the canvas.
1: Right. And, like, her dress or something all bloody. Right. All over the fucking... In front of the uh, canvas. Yeah, 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 yeah. That works. So, what else should uh, happen now? We need other characters. Somebody that's close to him, other than Kane, who's his partner... We need other people. So it would have to be, like, maybe
0: Kane's wife. Maybe. maybe,
1: maybe, or, and also, his ex-wife's brother or family somehow involved. Okay. Like, he still keeps in touch with. All right. Maybe his wife was killed by this um,
0: DeBlanc guy. Oh, for that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, like, that's the whole reason why he's obsessed with this case. Right.
1: Like, he doesn't know that it's him right away. But he's using this as some sort of way to, like, figure it out. Yeah. Because he feels like there's some sort of connection or whatever. Like
0: there's, like, some small, minute clue that kind of maybe connects these two. But by
1: the end of the movie, you find out that his wife's flesh is in that painting. Right. Or in this canvas. Yeah. And no, it's, it's, like, good. using his his wife against him. Because whatever bodies it takes... It takes their personalities, too, even though it controls them. Almost like the Freddy Krueger thing you were talking about.
0: Right. No, for sure. This is going good. What other characters are we going to kill next? Is it more unknowns or is it people that are close to him? Now? I
1: think there should be some kids that are just like street rats that like fucking stumble upon the warehouse while he's out
0: doing the while beat. he's
1: out doing his own thing. Right. Could be kids. It could be just like some bums, something. Right. Let's just say it's some bums. Maybe it's it's storming outside. They were staying in this place before DeBlanc. Now they're back. Right. And, yeah, that makes sense. So so he goes about his regular day. Devereaux. So Michael Devereaux, the police officer, and Kane go about their day on a different case this time. They're supposed to be analyzing this case, but they have another case pop up, or what? I kind of feel like his Kane, his uh, partner... Let's just say that he does
0: know his habits but he's been so off kilter since he lost his wife let's just say that was very recent okay maybe he they're out working another case or the chief wants to talk to them both okay so let's say these bums get enticed by the hooker that was taken by the canvas a doorway for demons where like a demon can possess a body what is the doorway though the canvas is a doorway i see what you're saying yeah Like the hooker comes out of the painting to start looking for its own victims, maybe. No, no, never mind. Scratch that, scratch that. Okay. All right. So I don't want to get
1: too complex. Right. Like, we don't need to at this point. We just need to get it done. Right. So let's just make it simple. The idea is already conceptually kind of cool. Right. Let's just run on with some kills. Somehow the bums go in, they go, and like one of them's taking a piss, like by the. Yeah, maybe he's pissing on the canvas. Yeah, maybe he's drunk and he's just pissed drunk and they're like sharing some hooch in the middle of this fucking place. They realize that there's candles and they find some food and shit and they start to have like a little celebration and they get drunk and one of them pisses and he leans on the canvas. That's when his hand gets sucked in a little bit. Right. And it chops off his hand. Mm. And then he's like screaming. He's drunk and all over the place. And his buddy's laughing, right? Or maybe... He's like, oh, you're just drunk again or some dumb shit, you know?
0: All right, so that happens. Uh, So does the bum see this or is he just, like, pass out and then, like, the painting slowly absorbs him, too?
1: Well, maybe, like, his friend's hand and then the other one starts to fight. Like, give me back my friend's hand. He's all drunk and, like, crazy. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Just, like, out of this world. Yeah, just like, give me my friend's hand! I love it. The other one's puking from pain (laughs) and everything else. And then, like, his friend bleeds out. Right. And then he's, like, pounding on the canvas. You just see, maybe you don't even see, like, what happens to him. Maybe you just see his legs drop all of a sudden. All right. Like, the camera's, like, you hear a screech, and then you just hear him stop yelling. And then you just see his legs fall over, like, from his waist and it just falls in front of the canvas, and his friend's passed out on the ground. When Michael comes back later that night, it's digesting the guy that's, like, passed out. Like, not completely? Like, he sees,
0: like, maybe a, like maybe the ends of his fingertips, like, slipping into the painting or something? Right.
1: Well, no, it's like his face is there, and he's trying to reach out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's like, help me! Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, right? So he gets sucked in. So then now my, the jig is up for Michael at this point. Like he's he, he's yeah. known things are wrong, but he doesn't he didn't know a hundred percent. He assumed, this solidifies it, right? So now the painting or the canvas rather has now opened itself up to communicating with Michael on a face to face basis, right? And it's kind of pretty much like these are my demands. It's I know like, you want your wife back. Right. And I can do that for you. Yeah, I could pin all these murderers on you. Right. Or you could get me three fresh virgins. Well, if you just killed these people, why do you need something else? I need virgin's blood in order to complete the, the fucking the ser- tapestry. Yeah, like, whatever. And he's like, I don't need you to paint like you've never painted before. <sighs> it's like some crazy, dark, gurgly voice. Right. I don't know. Something like that like haunting so it kind of echoes but it's got this weird but he can't paint till the the canvas is finished right but right. he has to paint with the blood of something you know like it has to be virgin's blood that he's painting in maybe it's just like three virgin's hides and three virgin's three quarts of virgin's blood right i don't know how to paint though why do you want me to do this you don't need to paint michael i'll help you you know <laughs> don't you want to see your wife Or do you want to spend your days like all the criminals that you've put behind bars for years, only you'll be trapped behind the bars with them? You know, when you do that voice,
0: it just reminds me of Job from fucking Arrested Development. (laughs) I don't know. Hello, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to play a game?
1: All right, so... so so Okay, yeah. so Kane and him have been working on cases on the side a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't really find that out. He comes back, finds the the bomb being sucked into the painting. He freaks out a little bit. He's trying to help him, but he pulls his skin off. And maybe they could be working on the cases that there are the kills that
0: have happened for the canvas. You know what I mean? Without him, but unbeknownst to him,
1: sure, like past ones. Right, right. That's fair. Yeah, if they're just disappearances or something like that right that they think is hmm what I think it'd be kind of cool like if he like tries to help the bum and he rips off some of his flesh from his arm. Oh, like his and whole the, like the whole arm flap, right? But it sucks him in, even though the skin falls off, and Michael's like petrified. And then that's when the painting talks to him and is like, "That's a waste of very good flesh, a very good hide." You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So then he starts talking to the painting in a way. It's like it kind of like takes over him a little bit. Like it doesn't have enough power to fully take over him, but it has enough to influence him and make him worried that he's going to be blamed. He doesn't know like how much power this thing has, or maybe like to seal
0: the deal, they have him like sign his name in his own blood on
1: the canvas. Right. Well, maybe that's maybe his signature is by murdering somebody for him. That could be. Yeah. On the painting. Okay. Or the canvas, so to speak. So Kane and him. Kane's noticed that he's very erratic. Uh Michael tries to pretend to be normal and he's got to figure out how he's going to find all these virgins he's dealing with this nonsense in his head. And and obviously Kane knows something's up. He's like, "What's up with you, man?" Like like what's going on with you? I'm just going through some stuff, man. I have you been drinking again, Michael? Like, you know, man, I can't keep covering for your ass like this, man. Like, you need to fucking quit. He's like, "Uh yeah, I know. I I I'm trying to, you know, like just to cover it up." Right. Because he knows it's he just way it darker than yeah, that. He kind of just chalks it up to him losing his wife still. Right. Maybe they go to a scene, a crime scene, uh, where someone was missing and they find blood on the ground. And there's some sort of scrap from the DeBlanc the, the, the guy that would lead them back to the warehouse and he hides it. Okay. Like these little things. And somehow Kane picks up on this slightly and then starts to investigate Michael behind the scenes a little bit you know to, he's right, just like something's, tailing him
0: yeah, like he knows with.
1: something's up at first it's out of curiosity because he cares and then he noticed that Michael will be with somebody and then that person won't be with him Right in a certain area of the town okay you know, he goes into a bar, meets a woman. It's pretty typical. He's like, oh, he's just getting laid. He's just drunk. Like, he needs to get his act together. And then all of a sudden something happens where he realizes that the person that he walked out with is gone and he's out of there for some reason. Yeah. And he's looking all sketch. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. A couple more kills. Who else? Um, Well, maybe he has to... Okay, so now he has to find some virgin or something like that. Right. And I'm thinking... <sighs> Maybe he still has, like, a moral
0: dilemma where he he can't bring himself to kill somebody. Sure. And maybe he kind of, like, chalks up some kind of, well, maybe I'll find people who are already dying. But it has to be virgins. Yeah, well, how would they be? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So maybe he's, like, going to the children's hospital.
1: What if he meets some, like, poor schlub? At the bar, who's just obviously, like, a virgin. Right. (laughs) Some dude. Yeah, he goes to the bar, meets this guy who's never had sex, finds this out while he's drinking his sorrows away, tells him he's got a friend that would love to meet him, and he'll have her come over, brings him over to the warehouse, sits him in front of the painting, cuts his throat, and pushes him into the painting. So this is his first official kill. Right.
0: Maybe he doesn't sneak up behind him and just slit his throat. Maybe he's like, all right, why don't you take a seat? I'm going to give this girl a call, get her over here. This and we'll go out for drinks. we'll go out for drinks. We'll have a good time. And while he's in the next room, he goes to take a closer look at this canvas. And maybe he gets in close, and all of a sudden, maybe there's an eye that opens up and looks at him. Or something freaky. It could be whatever. Sure, that's cool. But something comes alive in this painting and freaks him out. And he takes a step back, like he jolts back, and knocks over a mason jar full of blood. Or paint, or whatever. Right. mm <clears throat> and then as he turns around he sees the dude and he has one of those paint scrapers and okay. just completely just gets him right in the forehead with it and this just, just
1: goes to town i picture like him getting stabbed in the face and then like his he's like almost not there anymore right like he's dying and he turns and blood just starts spraying onto the uh canvas right and then the guy just holds him against the canvas and it slowly starts to like eat his face, his whole body. You see Michael like holding his legs and like trying to <laughs> siphon him in. I don't know, you know, something like that. Right,
0: <clears throat> like his legs are kicking and he's just like still just shoving him in there.
1: Right, and so then uh, Michael's like he lights a cigarette with blood all over his face and hands, and and then the panther starts talking to him. It's like your job's not over. You're doing Michael. a good job, Michael. You're doing an amazing job. Why don't you sit down and have a drink, watch the TV?
0: And maybe like... and he's
1: like, what TV? And then the TV comes on. Yeah, like an old dilapidated, like, from the 70s TV just clicks on. <clears throat> right. Like the screen had been previously busted out. Right. And
0: maybe there's a commercial for, like, uh, <clears throat> Save the Children Foundation or there Make a go. Wish Foundation. And he's like, he has an idea. He's like, they're virgins.
1: He's like, there you go, Michael. That's a good idea they're gonna die anyways yeah what's the matter if they're gonna die tomorrow tonight or in a week from now right why waste all that wonderful hide (laughs) that flesh (laughs) why waste all that beautiful canvas
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have such sights to
1: show you okay so now he's kind of lost it a little bit he calls into work sick And so he doesn't go in, but his partner starts to, you know, go off on another case that happens to be a missing persons case that leads back to uh, the canvas where Mr. LeBlanc, whatever.
0: So maybe Kane goes to the bar to look for this guy. Right. And then he's like, the last thing I saw him, he was heading down Elm to, you know, the industrial district. This
1: is days later, right? Right. Right. So Michael is, like, dealing with this thing. He goes to the hospital to grab a couple of kids who are dying of cancer. He steals them from the hospital, essentially. Right. And tells them, he's like, oh, we're going to Make-A-Wish Foundation or some fucked up thing. We're going
0: to go on a ride-along. Right, a ride-along. ride-along.
1: It's a Make-A-Wish Foundation. They get in the car, but he gets back to this warehouse where the, the canvas is. Somehow Kane somehow runs into them and sees them. He thinks he sees them. But he doesn't understand why he's with kids. Or maybe Michael has already had the kids upstairs and he sees Michael going in because Michael's having a really bad dilemma with trying to kill these kids, obviously. Right. Because it's fucked up. Michael is like going to get more booze or something like that. And his partner, Kane sees him walking down the street and then follows him into this warehouse and he's about to kill these kids. And that's when Cain and him have some sort of like battle. Maybe the voice is telling him, you know, do you want to see your wife again? Or do you want to be, do you want to be blamed for all these murders? Don't you want to be whole, Michael? Yeah, don't you miss your wife, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> this is good. And so, okay, so so somehow Cain comes upstairs, finds all this blood all over the floor, and these kids are tied up and crying, and he's, like, trying to make them happy. Cain pulls a gun out on him. What are you doing? And then Michael turns around and somehow pushes his gun and it shoots the canvas. And maybe like the canvas like wails out in pain or something. It starts bleeding. Right. And then everybody's like kinda shocked. Like him and Kane are both like, what the what the fuck? And then Michael flips out because he knows that he wants to get his wife back. He gets worried that the painting's gonna die. Okay. Or the the canvas or whatever. Just 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 a moment. Doesn't it? Right. The only reason I'm saying this is that, that there's this scuffle.
0: Right, so maybe he shoots, and he, then the painting wails out in pain, and, and Kane's kind of taken back by it. Right, and so Michael tries to grab the
1: gun from him. Maybe there's an instance where Kane could be sucked into the painting somehow, but they fight, and then Michael gets taken into the painting. Okay. Instead, and then the and then Kane gets the kids and then uh he sets a fire to the place because he just doesn't want some, or a fire starts somehow I don't know the whole place goes up in a blaze but the kids and him are free maybe what happens is like
0: they're scuffling and shit and he slams cane against the painting and like the painting's trying to grab onto him maybe it grabs like the, maybe if the side of his face hits the painting and like as he's pulling away it just rips off like like the his flesh from the side Who, of his Kane? face. Yeah. Cain throws Michael into the painting. Okay. Swallows him up. Right. And maybe he's having like he's struggling and <clears throat> maybe while in the tussle that like they knocked over a candle and the, the
1: place starts burning down. And, and then he just he just wants to destroy the paint or the uh canvas. Right. Because Cain so, knows something's up, obviously, because the guy's getting sucked into a painting. Right. So Cain so, tries to kill the thing, the whole place goes up. It's like happy day, right, right, but then when the firefighters show up to like clear out the place, the only thing that's actually not burnt is, is the, the canvas. canvas, oh yeah, you see what I'm saying, oh, yeah. and then somehow the like firefighter turns his head and see and it's almost like it's having a conversation, right, like it's talking to him right, like there's something I think that'd be kind of a cool ending though, right, oh yeah yeah i like it yeah I, would, I mean it's not the best one maybe we've done but i think it's a pretty good one it's pretty yeah. dark and twisted
0: i think if we had time to actually like flesh it out it, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be
1: an amazing i think it could be up there with seven right but for the sake of time guys we're gonna cut this one a little short now we got to come up with a tagline so let's try to think of something really quick that we can come up with doesn't have to be elaborate just something that makes sense
0: a living tapestry, hmm,'d be like even
1: death is a living tapestry I don't know living tapestry I don't tapestry wouldn't make sense, it's a canvas, right, so it'd have to be like like beauty is in the flesh of the beholder. They say that life begins with a fresh canvas. I like that actually, something like that. these are the canvases of our. No, okay. <laughs> Ain't yo paint by no? Nu- this ain't no paint by numbers, motherfucker. <laughs> Tagline. <laughs> All the greatest paintings start with a fresh canvas. Oh, yeah. There you go. There we go. I think that works, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to think on it too much. I mean, right. you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. All right. So, that is the canvas. All great paintings start with a fresh canvas. All right, so that's it for our Grave Plots, guys. If you don't already know, we've mentioned this a million times. We only have a few more entries left. We're going to give away a Blu-ray or an Amazon gift card for Blu-ray or whatever you choose on Amazon. All you got to do is just give us a movie title. If we pick it, we're going to draw it out of a hat. And if we pick it, you win. And we'll let you know. And you can listen to the podcast's to find out, but as soon as we get it, we're—I think we're at like eight. We need twelve total for the see and say thing. Right. But that's it for grave plots, guys. Now we're going to go ahead and step into our flesh and potatoes segment of swords and horror. We're going to do that right now. Hey, don't poke me. With that. Now it's time for our Flesh and Potatoes. We're going to be talking about swords and horror. So movies that are basically, typically Asian horror action, kung fu, crazy shit that you can only see. Probably from some sort of Asian film of some sort. But we just had a kick. We just want, I was on a kick, personally, and I wanted to see some of these types of movies that I hadn't seen in a while. And we picked one of the first ones, which was a film from 1983 called Devil Fetus. It was actually directed by Hung Chun Lao. He didn't really do too many films. He's actually only done about seven. And Devil Fetus was one of the first ones. But this movie is really underground, guys. I couldn't even find it. There are full movies up on YouTube, but they do not have English subtitles. So I actually had to go find a guy who had a copy of it, and he says it was legal. I don't know. I just wanted to buy the movie and get a copy of it, and it was a DVD quality. It's almost next to impossible to find, though. I did, like, days of searching for it, try to get a way to find it. To give you guys kind of an idea what the story is about, a woman becomes possessed and dies after a monster is released from an antique vase she had purchased. She won it at an auction. Uh, Twelve years later, the monster is reawakened. First, he possesses the family's dog before moving on to the woman's nephew. So, what did you think of this movie?
0: It had some great... You know, practical effects that you expect from kung fu films and that kind of cinema. So that was really fun to watch. But as far as the movie itself, there was some pacing issues.
1: There was a lot of confusing shit going on.
0: Yes, like
1: it's almost like they cut up the film so much that you couldn't follow it. Yeah, but essentially, what happens is this: this vase, this vase, is at an auction. And she sees, she's like looking at this, like, what do they call it? Jade. Yeah, it, it was, was like jade. a jade vase. There's like a little demon's head on it. And yeah, it, it kind of like turns and looks at her. Yeah, like while everybody's like bidding on it. And all of a sudden she just like outbids everyone by like 500 bucks or whatever kind of currency it was. Yen or whatever. Right. This takes place in Hong Kong, by the way. So it is a Hong Kong film. She takes it home and she starts getting kind of like orgasmic with it. Yeah. It, well, it it does have a real phallic shape to dude, it. Dude, it looked like a dildo. It did. Let's be honest. <laughs> with a really long bottom, like a big wide bottom, but, like you could like just set it up like a tripod
0: and just go to town.
1: I mean, we'll never know if that was intentional or not, but it does seem kind of suggestive. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but She's like laying on the bed, and all of a sudden she starts kind of having orgasms, almost. And the next thing you see is this like monster, like demon or something. It's like a swamp thing looking creature. Yeah, it was weird. It's like it's it's all of its skin was like gray and green. It was like sea wet seaweed. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> and it's like having sex with her, and her and her husband comes in, and he's like sees that this thing is having sex with her and he freaks out walks in but then the monster disappears and it's just the vase and then he's like how dare you have sex with someone behind my back you know and then he grabs the vase like as he kind of figures out that it's this thing that's like she's obsessed with right he slams it on the ground it explodes into this like puff of smoke and the next thing you know he's got like pieces of the vase stuck in his face and, like literally, in about one minute, not even one minute, like no, in twenty it's... seconds, his face just starts rotting and falling off, <laughs> like with worms and maggots and everything falling out of his face, and he doesn't even realize that it's happening until someone points it out
0: right, and that's when he starts pulling at it, and then then you see it like just, ugh, just
1: <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It was kind of cool, though. Like, it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was good. This is a big what the fuck movie, guys. Yeah. So if you're looking for something that's just like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? Like, we didn't even know how to follow the story.
0: Yeah, like I said, major pacing issues. This
1: is not a, like, really in-depth movie either, so it's really weird. Pacing issues is one thing. This was just straight up, like, chop shop.
0: Yeah, yeah, you could tell, like, some scenes seem like they should have been in a different part of the movie.
1: Right! We didn't even know if it was in the right order. Right. Like, it felt like it was so out of order. But the good thing about it, for me, was that there was a lot of really cool, graphic, gory scenes in it. yeah like really cool practical effects. And this was like considered around a time uh when this was like the gross out China and like even they had like the like some sort of committee that was like trying to ban and like cut the footage because it was just so grotesque. Right. Back in 83. Which makes sense cuz god man this movie's like fucked up. It's pretty fucked. <laughs> I don't it's know up. man. It's really hard for me to explain this movie but I think if you are able to find it 100% VHS what a beta shit I don't know if you can find a copy of this get it yeah it's something you need to add to your collection if you're into just weird shit so overall what would you, what would you rate it I don't know about rating it but I just think it's I can't rate this like it doesn't even compare to anything I've ever really seen Right. It's almost like Rosemary's Baby meets, like, I don't... It's just fucked up.
0: I would, If I had to rate it, I would give it, like, 6.5.
1: Right. Just, I, I mean, it's something I'm definitely going to keep. Right. It's definitely a, a gem. I'm proud of it. Like, I'm proud that I actually own a DVD copy of this now. Right. Like, I don't even care, like... It's just, I'm just happy to have it. (laughs) And it makes me want to watch all these other movies like uh, The Boxer Omen, uh, The Devil. Basically, the story continues on. We're not ruining anything here because it's hard as fuck to follow anyway. But basically, 12 years goes forward after the, the, the guy with his face and his wife die. They die and they have a funeral for them. That, like, you know, at the same time, everybody's upset. There's, like, two little kids that are, like, adopted by the family or something or something. I think, weren't they their kids? They're, yeah, the people who have died. Right. And by the way, the girl who was
0: having sex with the demon, she ends up dying in the film, too. This is before they skip into the future. She, like, fell off the banister. Oh, while yeah. coming downstairs. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and it was a cat that did it. There's always evil... Re- Connected to cats. I
1: don't right. know. What, right. They were trying to give it like this whole Damien thing. Yeah. Like the baby inside of her was like growing. Right, and then, then the priest saw it. Yeah, like when they're in the in the The funeral. At the funeral, he like sees through the casket and envisions like a baby, like an evil fetus, like trying to break out. And so he's like, Seal the Seal the casket. Seal it right away. And, and he like puts the, the little paper with the spell on it or whatever. Yeah, it's it is. like a it's like a some sort of blocking spell to keep the evil at bay. And they have these effigies that they put, you know, to honor the dead. And they keep it in the room where they died, sort of. And he puts all these, like, paper things over top of hers in particular because she was the one that was possessed. And he knows it, but he just tells him, never touch this effigy. Don't ever... Touch these papers or you'll release the evil or something like that. Yeah, it was like a certain amount of years or whatever it was. Fast forward to the future. The nephews are like trying to hook up with some girl. He goes in there to honor the dead. The girl grabs some of the papers and he's like, why would you touch that? Don't touch that. My grandmother's going to freak out. He drops one of the papers out of the stack of like 20 or 30 of them on the ground and it immediately catches fire. And then blows out the window onto a car where they drive to some other house. And then it floats off the car in front of a dog. And then the dog eats the burnt paper, like the ashy part, and gets possessed. Right. I mean, I don't want to spoil the whole movie for you, but what are some of your favorite scenes? Just so you could...
0: I would have to say uh, I really like the part where when they're in the future and they go back to the Buddhist priest... And he kind of figure out what's going on, and there's this whole fight with the person who is now possessed, and this Buddhist priest. And right, this, one of the two nephews, the two kids, right, gets possessed by the spirit. Right, and it this the fight scenes just it's cheesy, but it's fun at the same time.
1: It's it's over the top. But right. It, well, when the dog goes wild, that part was funny too. I think. Right, where it shot out the little beams. Yeah, <laughs> this dog goes wild. He cuts it open. And then the other nephew who's possessed, like, takes it, or they go to bury it, and this beam shoots out of, of the dog's head and hits his front of his lobe. <laughs> right. I, we were all like, I, my pineal gland has now been activated. Because <laughs> he looks like a robot when he's walking around. And then he starts fucking killing off people right i'm possessing him and getting him killed and right he brings the corpse of the dog back to hide under the bed it's it's weird this is really fucking weird weird.
0: but my other favorite scene i would have to say is the very end of the film this is not ruining anything so don't worry but so you don't explain what it is just it was very it was a throwback to the original evil dead and i just really liked it evil dead or you could even say the the time machine the original time machine right? Movie. But it it was great
1: claymation action happening, and it was it was fun. One of my favorite things is one of the possessed nephews. He like literally cracks open, and this demon is standing in his place. So his like skin sheds like some old wax. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That and was then they good. cut its head off, and all these heads start shooting out of its neck. It was very. It was very uh the thing. Dude, it was weird, man. Yeah. And then the ending of this movie is so abrupt; it doesn't even feel right. Like, yeah, it doesn't even feel like it was the ending. Reminds me of if you guys have ever seen the movie called "Seedings of a Ghost." It has a very abrupt ending too. It's just like, wait, it's over, right? There is a lot of scenes. There's even a guy that gets crushed in between two walls, and they show his face get mashed in. That was really well. The room, like, yeah, just shrunk, shrunk on him. And yeah, his face him gets pushed the against the window. And it just pops. <laughs> it's like fucking cool as shit. But yeah, man, if you guys get a chance for this, there's really not that many well-known actors or anything in it. And the director has done some other weird films that um, I'm not real familiar with. But like I said, I, got, I bought a copy for like eight bucks online. You can find it. It's hard to find, but you can find it. With that said, we did watch another pretty... Winning uh, combination of weird fucking sword play horror, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, and this one was fun. I like this one. Yeah, it was real fun. Uh, This one's called The Seventh Curse, which has Chow Yun-Fat in it, actually. This one came out in 1986, by the way, and it was directed by Nai Choi Lam, who is actually the director, if you guys have ever heard the story of Ricky, which is like this brutal bloody practical effects like prison monster movie. I don't know how to explain it. Story of Ricky's awesome. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, it totally makes sense why this would be the same director. But this director's also done uh quite a few other movies too. Um Saga of the Phoenix, which is another really weird movie. I showed you the trailer of that. Oh, yeah, it was fun. It's got, like, animation, like, claymation animation and, like, weird alien bodies, like, turning people turning into alien bodies, like, weird shit like that. But this guy's actually a pretty good director, I think, for some of the weirdest shit you'll ever see. But like we said, Chow Young Fat is in it, plays, like, a prestigious sort of adventurer that's kind of like indiana jones oh it definitely felt indiana Jones's. yeah yeah and then there's like the younger version right who's played by suho chin he's kind of cool he was in mr vampire there's like a whole series of that twin warriors fist of legend uh he'd done he's done a lot he was even in uh rigor mortis which is one of the most recent uh movies that he's done But there is a ton of movies that guy's been doing, too. The story, to give you guys kind of an idea, The Seventh Curse is, a young, heroic cop in the jungle of Thailand attempts to rescue a beautiful girl from being sacrificed to the worm tribe she belongs to. As a result, the cop is damned with seven blood curses, which burst periodically from his leg and different parts of his body. When the seventh bursts, he will die. But Betsy, the beauty this indigenous woman who apparently knows nothing about what a camera is or binoculars or anything, but her name is Betsy because that's a very indigenous name. Uh, the he, uh, She tries to stop the curse, though, with an antidote that she pulls from her breast. And so ensues this battle to try to figure out why the curse was happening. They go to some crazy wizard who's, like, murdering children by sticking them in a hole in the ground to feed the great dark one.
0: Yeah, it looked like a trash compactor or something. It was really
1: cheesy, (laughs) dude. It, It really looked like... Two fucking blocks of fucking styrofoam. styrofoam. Yeah, yeah. That like somehow they painted up to make it look like stone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were just dropping kids in, like, all right, next one's up. <laughs> it was like a conveyor belt. <laughs> <Yeah. totally. laughs> just dropping them in. Oh, to chop a baby up. <laughs> oh, the new juicematic. <laughs> yeah, the new baby juicematic. Uh but this one is actually a little bit it's not as weird. It is weird. It, yeah, there's
0: definitely some weird parts in but it. But it,
1: it falls in line more with a regular movie than the other one did. Yeah, by like far. There was so many what-the-fuck moments in Devil Feed well, I can't
0: even... This movie actually has a little bit more structure to it. I mean, the other one was just... I don't
1: know. No, I agree. Definitely. I mean, it, basically, they uh, there's this spans over a year's time, by the way, when we were watching it. But it really doesn't feel that way, does it? No. It's just like,
0: <laughs> the you movie... don't know if
1: they're in a flashback or it's the present. Or Right. The movie starts off kind of quick. Like, all of a sudden, it seems like you're watching a commercial for something. And then it just, like, kicks in. And Chao Young-fat is, like, chilling at some nice party. Yeah, everybody... I, I remember I
0: literally thought it was a trailer. I was like, so what's this a trailer for? <laughs> yeah, I know. It just doesn't
1: make any sense. Uh, but the movie had like three different endings, too. And it ended kind of weird, too. So, But I kind of liked the way it ended. Well, at least the ending that I saw. Right. Well, what did you think of it? I mean, first of all, what did you like or what did you not like? There
0: wasn't much I, I didn't like. I can't say that right off the bat. I can't really nitpick at this movie. It, it was good. It, it definitely had that Indiana Jones vibe. It, um, it it had a lot of great fight scenes, for sure.
1: Yeah, there was a, it was pretty, pretty well choreographed. Oh, yeah for its time and it has that weird 80s look to it where it, everything seems like a stage right like right. i don't know how to explain it it wasn't it was some of it was shot outside but it was just lit so weird i guess yeah i don't know i i just like the aesthetic of how everything looked in it yeah
0: especially with the part where they're they're uh, fighting on that that monk right at, at the end
1: that was really really cool but before they take the kids to like feed them to this Tomb. There's, like, this tomb where this old, ancient, like, god had yeah. died, and they were trying to give it blood sacrifices by tying up people, almost like they do in Indiana Jones, at the end of the first movie, killing them in front of it, and then this skeleton-type thing would come out and suck on the necks of these fucking guys, like, these villagers that they captured, because this wizard guy was, like, crazy and trying to get this power and he was trying to harness the power of this fucking god somehow that would go out and exact revenge on everybody. But when this fucking skeleton comes out, it's laughable. It like really is. It, it's not even scary. It's just like googly-eyed, gray skeleton-looking, kind of like dried-up flesh. Right. It was
0: almost like uh, army of darkness, but even not yeah. as good as that. Yeah, probably <laughs> not even as good as that. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as I saw that guy. That scene was like, let's get the hell out of here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like what the cool thing I thought was funny is when there's like these three guys like that they're trying to sacrifice and like he breaks his neck and then you see the back of his neck bone popping out and this fucking skeleton all shaky and shit comes over and sticks its weird long tongue in down through his spine like, sucking out his marrow or some shit. I don't know what the fuck it was doing. Right. But it was kind of creepy. I was like, Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> but it is really laughable. But it is it is a good popcorn, like, what the fuck am I watching right now? This is like, if someone walked in, they'd be like, dude, what the fuck are you watching right now?
0: <laughs> but, you no, know, it is really good. Uh, what would you say some of your favorite scenes were?
1: Um... Oh, man, there's quite a few. There's, like, this... The wizard had this, like, weird baby that they made from, like, children's blood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it looked like like this fucking weird, fucked-up Casper the Friendly Ghost. It was like a sperm baby. It was weird, fleshy, pink, and, like, big googly eyes with fucking razor-sharp teeth. And it would fly around with this, like, weird sperm tail. Yeah, when he... I was gonna say
0: it's probably one of my favorite scenes is when he first when he shows this worm baby thing. Remember that guy doesn't want to be a part of the sacrifice or something.
1: Oh, I think so. Yeah, and he like
0: he does some crazy move where he reaches behind him and he like throws it out and it has like that green smoky shit on it. But, like it just made me think of like Mortal Kombat, like it was Shang Tsung or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, doing some It shit. is
1: weird. It's like it's got its own. I don't know. I don't know how he was like harnessing the blood of dead children. Right. Or blood sacrifices to make this thing. And it would just, like, hide behind his, like, cape. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, I would have to agree. That's definitely one of my favorite scenes, too. Dude, that was
1: so weird, right? Like, like
0: didn't it go down his mouth and then bust, oh, no, it ate through his neck and then busted out of his stomach. Right. And <laughs> it's just so
1: cool. There was some really cool, um, it's like, it's like almost like they're, I think they were in Vietnam, or no, she, there's a reporter that this is like following these, uh, the secondary guy that's not Chow Young-fat, but Su Ho Chin, he's like the main guy pretty much other than Chow Young-fat, who's just kind of like. Aesthetic. He just pops up whenever things need to be popped up. But essentially it's this other adventure. She's like falling in love with him and he's like trying to save her from getting killed. But she kind of has her own little vibe to her. Like she can take care of herself. Cause there's that one point she's like, Oh, don't worry. I went to, I read all about Vietnam and all the different traps that they have in the jungle. And then she sets off the trap after. And then there's like seven people that die in front of her. And she's so happy. (laughs) <laughs> like it's just like no big deal to all her. Right. Like, I don't it's like all these people just brutally got murdered in front of you. And you're just like, oh hello. <laughs> Wee. Um I wouldn't say that was my favorite part, but it's just it's just notable because it's funny to me. Right. Probably my favorite part, maybe spoilers a little bit here. Eventually there's enough blood to make this fucking skeleton thing turn into what looks like an amalgamation between aliens and like a Xenomorph and like a Godzilla creature. Yeah, definitely. It moves and like jumps around. Like It almost feels like they picked somebody who did had donned a Godzilla suit to play this creature. It's got this long, misshapen head that's kind of like a Xenomorph, but like way more shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it's got wings and it flies around. But it has a battle with that weird sperm baby thing. And it's like fighting it, and it's like chewing on it, and biting its neck and stuff. And they, and then he just rips the baby thing in half, and just explodes into this pile of meat everywhere. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, <laughs> it's okay, guys. Just so you know, these aren't movies that are going to be like changing your lives for the better. They're just like, oh my god, this is so cool! Like, <laughs> yeah, this really. is so bad, I could never believe it, but it's so crazy and artistic. It's it's just a gem. It is. He had never seen this before either. No, 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 and now I kind of want to pick it up on DVD, right? And I, I think it's, I think you still can.
0: Okay, yeah, you can. All there right.
1: are three different versions to the end of this movie, by the way, guys. So. It's kind of interesting to find out that you could technically see it three different ways. Uh, the ending's kind of abrupt and weird. It's almost like they're like, yeah, it's the end. Uh, let's have a party. And then just have a party and then it's over. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of like a mix of Indiana Jones... With samurai swords or something and spears. There's some Buddhist stuff in it. Aliens, flying baby heads, babies getting thrown into a pit of blood. Don't forget about the kung fu. Yeah, kung fu, I guess. There's some (laughs) Buddhist priests
0: in there, too, doing some stuff.
1: Yeah, it's really... All the set designs were created, like, from scratch. Like, the whole thing was, like, done. They put some big dollars into this back then. Yeah. So... Definitely worth a watch if you are into some of the weird action sort of kung fu films with like an edge, grotesque, kind of weird, odd things. These all kind of remind me of like animes. Oh, they do. Yeah. Like all the movies we watch kind of feel like they have some sort of anime flair to it. I don't know. Especially about the next movie we're going to be talking about. Well, which one did you like more out of the two that we just talked about?
0: Uh, Seventh Curse.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't know, Devil Fetus had so many weird things in it, but as a whole, it was just a botched piece of shit in a way. Yeah. But the death scenes in that are, it's, even if it's mis—it's jumbled and you don't know how to follow it, it's still fucking great to watch. Right. Or Seventh Curse, ugh, Seventh Curse, the Seventh Curse has an actual plot that you can follow along, some silly comedy with action and just weird shit. So, if you guys want a chance, if you get a chance, check that one out. One of the last movies that we are going to talk about today is none other than Versus came out in 2000. It was directed by Ryui Kitamura, who has also done The Midnight Meat Train, Alive, Sky High, and a ton of other movies. Uh, Some of his more recent ones, The Midnight Meat Train was one of his first movies that was written by Clive Barker. And it was his first American film that he was able to make. And there was some controversy around it at the time that Lionsgate didn't want to put it out because they didn't want it competing with Saul or something stupid. You haven't even seen that movie. Oh, no, I haven't. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit of a background on it. Ryu Kitamura is he also did a movie called Azumi, which is a really cool sword action flick. It's really kind of updated and new compared to uh, Versus, but Versus is like your Tarantino-esque sort of style zombie horror movie with action, fighting, and comedy. Yeah, very humorous. I thought so. To give you guys an idea on the story, and then we'll get into kind of uh, some of uh, what we thought about it, the movie's about two hours long. But it goes by pretty quick, I'd yeah. say. Uh, there are 666 portals that connect the, this world to the other side. These are concealed from all human beings. Somewhere in Japan exists the 444th portal, the Forest of Resurrection. One of the stars in the movie, by the way, you may recognize if you follow this type of film, is Tak Sakoichi. He was in the movie called Death Trance. He would also done quite a few other action films. He's retired now, technically, um, but he's done a lot of different things. He was even in the movie called uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell, which is about a bunch of a filmmaker who can't make movies right. So then he starts to follow this mob around while they're killing people. So he's like on the sidelines watching them kill each other. It was pretty fun. But Tak Sakuichi, he's a really good actor in this. It's pretty much what gave him his start. So what did you think of the film, though?
0: I really enjoyed it. The characters are very... They they all have their own unique style and quirks. And it, it, like you said, it's like watching a real live anime. Right. Uh, and, and the way this film starts off, this it, it gets you like, right into the mode of what you need to be expecting for the rest of the film. Sure. No, yeah, it was a fun ride. Yeah, it's like
1: mobsters, Tarantino-style mobsters with dialogue, really rich characters who are tracking down a guy who is broken out of a prison, and their boss tells him to go get him and this other girl, and they bring him to this forest. All this crazy hilarity ensues. People start coming back to life that die. There's a lot of, like, really slick dialogue, really amazing choreography, and a lot of weird slapping of the chick in the movie for some odd <laughs> yeah, reason.
0: They're always knocking her out. <laughs> I know. He's like, he's like
1: oh, you're going to get in the way, and he hits her on the back of the neck, and she just falls over. Right. It's like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> What's that thing from Star Trek that Spock does? The Vulcan death grip? <laughs> kind of, yeah. But <laughs> right. he just, like,
1: looks at her, and he just chops her in the neck. <laughs> he's like, hey. Clack! <laughs> it's like, What the fuck? But uh, the mobsters are essentially trying to get this guy who broke out of prison. And you don't really know why. And I think it's kind of interesting because every single one of those mobsters has, like, a really rich personality, though. Except for one. Which one? The one that dies right off the bat. Dude, and you know what's funny about that guy? I know
0: what you're going to say. Oh, go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. It, it, well, this is funny. Apparently, they killed this guy off right away. is because he didn't have a presence.
1: Yeah, like, uh, actually... Raiui Kitamura didn't like the actor. So he was like, instead of having him in the film for the rest of the film, he just cut him out because he didn't like the actor. So he just kills him right off the bat. Apparently, he probably had a bunch of parts in the movie, but they just killed him off because Raiui didn't want him. He was like, ah, get him out of here. They killed him twice right off the bat. (laughs) Right, yeah. Well, because they shoot him once in the chest... And then he falls over, and then all of a sudden he gets up while they're having these arguments and debates. Right. And uh, they all start attacking the zombie, but the zombie won't go down, even if they shoot him in the head. It's like, he's just resurrected. Right. So it's not like a shot to the head will kill a zombie. It's like a whole other thing. It's almost like voodoo or some shit. Right, I don't you know. need to
0: completely eviscerate the body. <laughs> right, they, like,
1: they make a fucking like foot-wide gap into his chest. By shooting him. It's pretty cool how they do it. Like, it's just... There's some really cool setup shots that they had where they're, like, standing over the body. It was just, like, really well shot in that. It, for for the budget that it had, it did a really good job.
0: Oh, yeah. And I would have to say, probably one of my favorite characters of this movie was the uh, main leader of these henchmen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, like, the... Kind of like a lizard. Yeah, but he's this very... Very animated. I don't know how to else to describe it. but I'm trying just... to look
1: up his name. It's kind of hard to figure out because some of the cast doesn't have... Uh, pictures. Pictures or anything, and it would be a lot easier if they did. Oh, yeah, it's it's the mobster Yakuza, by the way. Okay, It's a Yakuza group, so they're all out there. But um, I don't know what his name is, guys. It's really hard to tell. Like They didn't really give these guys names. They pretty much just put you in the environment... And then had these guys bounce off each other. But the characters were so strong, they didn't really need names. Like, none of the characters had names. It was just all happenstance. What are some favorite parts that you have? Oh, man, there's so many. I Um, mean, it's a long story, so there's a lot of crazy shit. I think
0: probably some of my favorite parts would, uh, like I said, that, that, that main boss guy and the way he talks and the way he moves, it's just just—it's—it's it's just fun to watch. I can watch a whole movie about this yeah, guy. Yeah, he's
1: like super animated.
0: Yeah. I think one of my favorite parts has to be at the very beginning when they shoot that dude and then he gets back up. And he's <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs>
1: Like he's a badass,
0: right? And they're like, and then they like realize that he's fucked up. So they start everybody starts blowing him away. Once they, they, he's finally dispersed, the guy, the main boss guy, kind of thinks he's like, hmm, hmm, and he just shoots the other inmate that was with the guy, yeah, with the main guy, talk uh, right, just to see if that would if he would get back up, right? It was just funny. Other than that, I would have to say uh, there's a scene in the movie where this dude gets his face punched in, and when I mean punched in like pretty much a fist goes through his head right blatant it's, hole right it's like that scene from fucking texas chainsaw massacre the remake where like she blows a hole in her head and you like see the whole cavity right and, like the dude kind of like looks through
1: it and you can see the left it's almost over. like he's opening a mailbox to, like it right. is and there's like a camera in the back of the mailbox
0: <laughs> what about you what are, you, what are you, some of your favorite scenes well i
1: mean I, I really like the story it's not as in depth as maybe some may think But you really don't really know what the story is about. I mean, it it spans over the course of, like, 400 years. Right. It's kind of weird. It's like part of the movie takes place back in, like, feudal Japan. Right. While it fast forwards to Yakuza days with mobsters and stuff. And then by the end of the movie, it jumps forward like another hundred years. Yeah,
0: like they're a cyberpunk age. Yeah, it was like
1: cyberpunks and shit like that. But the choreography in this, is just there's just so many great parts in it. Like, they have zombies coming up out of the ground because apparently these Yakuza guys have been burying people in this forest for like years of people that they've killed. And all of those bodies come back and can even shoot guns at them. There's a scene where one of the Yakuza guys has two zombies on either side pointing a gun at their head, at his head. And then he's just like, oh, shit, you know, like, I'm going to die here. And then he looks at one of the zombies and tilts his head to the left. And the zombie kind of follows him while they both have the guns pointed at his head. And then he just darts back and both the zombies shoot each other in the face. (laughs) I thought that was really cool. (laughs) Um, It's very Looney Tunes. It really is. That guy that you've been talking about... At one point, he changes because, like, some of these people... Essentially, there's two main guys. Tak Sakuichi and this other guy, Hideo Sakaki. He's, like... There's, like, an evil and a good guy. And it's, like, they're connected. They're considered resurrected. And they can get resurrected if they die over however many generations or whatever till their body is, like, re... What do they call that when they... uh... Reincarnated. Yeah, reincarnated. So he gets reincarnated and he comes back. But one of them knows about the past. The other one doesn't. And so they're like at this constant battle for power. Point, I was bringing this up. One of them has the power to bring people, uh, give them his power. And so he kills them in order to give them the power. They turn into these like uber sort of like dying zombies that have, they can use, they can like turn into monsters almost. And the one guy, the crazy guy that that we keep talking about, essentially gets on all fours and he's just like chasing people and fighting them with his feet and like crawling across the ground like some sort of crazy monkey or lizard. Yeah, he's definitely doing a lot of lizard moves. Was- <laughs> yeah, he was like climbing a tree, like ah! like <laughs> some fucking crazy
0: shit right there. Yeah, it's, it, I could definitely see why this is a cult classic. Totally.
1: Um, it's really hard to pinpoint in a favorites, but there is a lot of history on this movie. This is one of the movies that really kind of made Ryo Tamura. He does have Heat After Dark. It was supposed to be the sequel to that, but the story morphed and changed, and they made Versus into something completely different. So it's pretty interesting. Wasn't there some, like, a... Uh... Like, fun trivia, where uh, the main actor,
0: one of the main actors, was uh, they were in a street fight.
1: Yeah, basically, Tak Sakoichi was supposedly some sort of street fighting guy, and he would like... I mean, this is the story. Right. But Kitsomura said that during a street fight with Sakoichi was involved in, uh, Kitamura offered him a role in his film after asking him if he'd rather fight in the streets or fight in his films. Kitamura later vouched as well that he met Sakuichi during a street fight. So that's interesting. So I don't know how much truth is in it, but it's still a kind of a fun story. Right. But it's actually also the debut film of Tak Sakuichi, so it would make sense. He went on to do other, a lot of other films, and he kind of became a pretty notable action star there for a little bit. There was a talk about having a sequel for the movie and a remake, an American remake version of it, but it seems like every time Ryo Ikatomura tries to get something done, something stands in the way. And you were theorizing, maybe he's just kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, in a good way. Like, he's, like, stubborn with his art. Right.
0: And, and, and sometimes you need to be that way. If you have a, a particular vision, it needs to be...
1: Right. And, he, and he's not necessarily an asshole. He's just stubborn with his art. Right. Because he knows what he's doing. Exactly. Um, He had bad luck with Midnight Meat Train. It got... Sp- it was supposed to get a wide release and it probably should have gotten one. Lionsgate didn't let him have it. He was supposed to be doing this movie called The Vessels. That never happened yet. That's still, I guess, supposed to happen. Yeah, it's in- They've been talking about it since 2014. Uh, I think it was like April or May of 2013 or 5- 14 that they were supposed to do the Versus 2 sequel. Haven't heard anything about that, so I don't know what's going on with that. One of the last big movies that he did was Lopin, what is it called? Lupin the, Lupin the Third. Lupin the Third? It's a Lupin or Lupin.
0: Yeah, I think it's Lupin,
1: and it, which is kind of like a, a manga character, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, it was a manga and an anime.
1: Okay. I don't know, I like Ryo Kitamura. If you've never seen some of his other films, one of my other favorite films that he did was Aragami. It's literally a story of two guys in a room. One's a god, one's not. And then they get into this battle. But for a movie to take place in one setting, pretty much, and this back and forth, is not an easy task. Right. But it's actually a pretty good movie. And we should sit and watch it sometime if you got some time, dude. Oh, for sure. I'm so, down. But yeah, man, of all the three movies, I would say that this is probably my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love all of them. There's not a rat turd in the mix. But I think we did it in order of greatness. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But all of them have really great death scenes, guys. So if you get a chance to check it out, and if you haven't seen Versus, for Christ's sake, find a copy and watch the fucking thing. If you like action films of any sort, if you're a fan of practical gore effects and just fun entertainment, dialogue, and all that other stuff, you need to check it out. Is it
0: a hard movie to find on DVD?
1: Um, they had it on Blu-ray, and I wanted to get a copy, but it was like thirty, forty dollars, and I was like, "I'll just wait till it goes down in price." Uh, now it's not on sale. You could probably still find a DVD copy somewhere. Yeah, you guys don't need Blu-ray for this. It's it... You really don't, but it would be fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never the seen way. the movie any better than a DVD, you <clears throat> right. know? But yeah, guys, I, I think that's about it for our Swords and Horror segment. If you guys have any other films that you think that we should check out that would involve this theme that we talked about with Swords and Horror, maybe along the lines of the movies that we just brought up, Um, We did do a lot of research on these, and these are the ones that we felt like we wanted to watch the most. And I can guarantee you, just because we enjoyed watching these so much, there's going to be a volume two, probably a volume three, and probably a volume four at some point. (laughs) And I wish we could do them literally week after week now, because I'm so into this shit right now, and I'm not going to have time to watch this shit. But we will be back for my... We're calling it uh, something like Alex's Grab Bag Birthday Bash or some dumb shit. It's his grab sack. We're going to have my buddy Mike Saga come into town from Philly uh, to hang out with us on the mic and get drunk with us and shit. So you're not going to want to miss that. Other than that, make sure you check out the films we talked about. And if you enjoyed them as much as we did, let us know in the comments below
0: yes fucking sound
1: off motherfuckers don't be shy <laughs> let us know no they're not shy they're just fucking with us man they're God fucking damn with flip flaps. but yeah guys thanks so much for stopping by we'll catch you next Monday for a brand new episode of Beyond the Void or podcast have a good week guys Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode. Yeah, yeah, we changed the name already.